Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron Sports Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Ellen and Aaron. Welcome, everybody. This is Alan from the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Really glad to have you on board here tonight. It is actually a Thursday night, almost at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone, and we have a special treat for you. We're coming in at a time that's normally not our show time. It is usually tomorrow, which is Friday at 9.30 p.m. But guess what? We got a special live interview from former pro boxer Paul Hurricane Briggs live from Australia. So it's a 12-hour gap change, time change, and we're going to bring you this live interview. It's going to be done via Zoom. So I I unfortunately won't be able to take calls during the time, but you can give us a call during our regular scheduled call time tomorrow at 9.30 p.m. Friday evenings. The phone number to call in is 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516-418-5572. 5572. I'm going to go ahead and get us connected to Paul right now via Zoom. Going to start this up. And we're going to see what Paul Briggs is up to. Got a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. And let's go ahead and start up the Zoom here. All right. So it's uh, looking good so far. We got the Zoom up and ready. And we're just waiting for confirmation that Paul is ready, and then we're going to go ahead and start the interview, give give you a great, great time, great show. It's going to be fantastic here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Um, I'm excited about it, and it's going to be uh, something that, wow, it's, it's I'm really honored and flattered that Paul would give us his time. He's definitely not easy to track down. And former pro boxer, two-time champion. So, you know, he's got a, a very interesting story. He's going to let you hear a lot about him himself. And uh, we're excited to go ahead and talk to him and see what he's up to. And uh scheduled time that we're supposed to start is 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. That will actually be 12.30 p.m. a day forward their time which is thursday thursday midday for them so it's going to be exciting it's going to be really exciting so uh we're going to go ahead and make sure that we get this going for you and then once uh we get started got a lot to talk about on tomorrow's show so looking forward to that it should be a outstanding show tomorrow and definitely we're going to have aaron on the line we're going to be myself talk a lot about NFL football, a lot about what's going on, and I guarantee it's going to be a great show. So again, that number is 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516-418-5572. It's going to be a great show, and definitely we should have a great time. Let me go ahead and get this started. Yes. 
Yep, so we're, we go ahead and let me just go ahead and make sure that we got everything on, on the go. Sorry about the delay here. All right. So it's going to be a, a great, great time. And we're good to go. Good to go. So let me go ahead and uh, take a look here. Yeah, so it's going to be an exciting, exciting interview of Paul Briggs, Paul Hurricane, the Hurricane Briggs. And this is going to be exciting. Let me go ahead and uh, make sure that we got everything on point here. So we're good to go. And definitely looking forward to it. Let me go ahead and uh, take a look here and make sure that everything is good to go for audio. And also, I did want to mention, too, that uh, we already did do an interview for Joel. So you can check out that interview. And uh, that's. Yep, that's going to be something on our Facebook page, so check that out on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. And also, we have quite a few interviews lined up. We don't want to spoil a surprise, but as we get closer to it, we'll let you know about those interviews. So we have a, a definitely, you know, when time calls and duty calls, and it's sometimes that we have to be a little flexible to meet people at certain times. That's why we have the show at specific times. Let me go ahead and make sure that we have here. Paul is ready. Give me one moment. All right. So. This would be a great thing. (laughs) You know, it's interesting because Paul signed in yesterday, a day early. And I was like, no, uh, the interview is today and now we're running a couple minutes late but that's okay this is live on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show we'll uh, go ahead and get this started here real soon and we'll go ahead and ask him some great questions here so let me go ahead and do that one second One moment. One second. We just uh. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is. <laughs> okay, great. Let me go ahead and use the. Let me just go ahead and <laughs> it, it, apparently Sydney time is it's only 1130 there. I did an Australian interview with someone else. And it was 12.30, so we got the time off by an hour. He says he's ready. And 
and yeah, so we're gonna go ahead. He did respond to to my message. Yeah, I was just I'm sorry about the delay. I was sending him a message that we're ready to go with the Zoom, and basically we were. It's only 11:30 there. I thought it was 12:30. <laughs> wow, and it's only 11:30 there. So I said to him, okay, in an hour you'll be ready. And he said, no, let's go ahead and do it now. I said, okay, then go ahead and use the Zoom link I, I, I sent you. If you have any issues, then let me know. Yeah, let's, let me just see here. We're just waiting for Paul. The hurricane breaks. He said he's good now. So I told him to use the link that I provided him. So that means that if he's signing in now, we should be, the, the link should work. Let me just take a look here. Okay. So we're just waiting for Paul breaks to sign in on the Zoom. The modern technology that we're able to talk to somebody all across the pond. We may have gotten the time a little off, but I uh, beg your pardon. But, <laughs> you know, we did an interview with someone in Australia. They were in, apparently in Melbourne, and there's an hour difference between where Paul's at, he's in Australia too, than where the other person was at. Kind of like a, it's kind of unique because it's kind of like how it is here in Florida. If you're in Pensacola, you're an hour behind. So you actually gain an hour going, you lose that hour coming back, but it is a different time zone. That's central. You actually pass the time zone to go to Pensacola. It's on the other side of the state. So there was a little bit of a breakdown there in the time. You have to beg, beg your pardon. I've never been to Australia. I would love to go, love to visit the country. Learn more about it, but now I'm learning now that don't assume that just because someone's in Australia, they're in the same time zone if if, if you're doing some, an interview with somebody else in Australia. So, okay, great. We're just uh, waiting for Paul to sign in. Let me just take a look here. One second. And the interesting thing is, if it was an hour, it would have it would have actually been better, more beneficial for me if it was an hour later, just because I I was it was like a real time crunch for me to get ready for the interview at this time. But another hour would have definitely been a little bit more relaxed. So it actually, but he said, go ahead now. And I'm ready whenever he is. I'm hoping that he at least tries this. Let me go ahead and see. And uh, worst case scenario to all the listeners of the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, what we would do is this. If we're unable to get Paul on the Zoom or... If this takes much longer, I will go ahead and just uh, – if this takes much longer, I'll just go ahead and post the link of the interview on 
our Facebook page. If you haven't done so already, please like our Facebook page. And that's at Alan and Aaron right there at Facebook Sports Talk Radio Show. Once you do like our page, you'll see it. I'll make sure I put the link of the Zoom interview so you'll be able to see us and hear us. So this is uh, this is something that we're going to go ahead and get started. Okay, so let me just... Uh, All right, so, yeah, so I'm hearing back from Paul. Let me go ahead and uh, end the the blog talk for now, and then uh, we're going to go ahead and proceed. Just give me one second, actually. Just give me one moment. Okay. Hey, just uh, just bear me, folks. I'm sorry about the delay. Sorry about this uh, inconvenience, but we're gonna get him on in just a moment. Let me just go ahead and update this. Okay. Okay. Good to go here. All right, so he should be logging in soon. Had to resend a new Zoom link. All right. What the... All right, so give me one second. Okay. All right, so these links aren't working, Alan. Oh, man. All right, we're going to end the block talk radio. Uh, for some reason, we're having technical difficulties getting on with Paul. Let me end that for you now, guys. But we will be on a regular scheduled time. During the showtime. Thank you for listening to the Evan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. 
subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you. Yes, yes, I'm still on it. All right. <laughs> All right. Yes, welcome. Sorry about the technical difficulties, Paul. I apologize about that. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I'm glad you're here. Oh, good. Yes. How you been? Amazing. That's good to hear that. That's awesome. So definitely. I've been fantastic. You know, the weather was real nice today, so it's always a good thing. I'm healthy. It's Speaking of health, how's your health? Incredible. Yeah. Oh. That's, uh, that's amazing. That's always a great thing. Now, you know, health is your wealth. So that's awesome. So that's yeah, we're joined by Paul Briggs here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. So now that you, you know, the box is behind you, do you miss being in the ring, that competition? I don't because I get to really um, explore that with the, the young the young lads that I train and the pros that I train and and um, so I, I still get to to scratch that itch I still get to experience that ride uh, per se you know with a lot of the, the young fighters that I work with. Okay, yeah, so definitely that's awesome that you get a chance to deal with, you know, trained boxers and how was that experience being that now that you're from the other side instead of boxing, you're training, how was that going for you? Yeah, it's incredible. I love it. I've been around boxing since I was four years old, so um, it's my passion. Yeah. And the fact that I get to um, come to my gym, um, guide my coaches in how to train fighters, how to train general population, uh, clientele that we have, um, it, it's beautiful. I, I don't work. I'm very blessed. You know, I, I get to, um, you know, I get paid to play yeah. much. So um, it's, a, um, it's, a, it's a good life. Yeah. So definitely. Are you at the gym now? Yeah, I'm sitting in our, in our lounge. We have a lounge area in the gym, and I'm here with my partner. Okay. Um, she sort of handles a lot of the administrative uh, side of things. 
And um, same thing, we both, we, we just, we love boxing. I get to share it with her. And um, yeah, it's a good thing that we've got going on. Oh, that's awesome. Let people know the full name of the boxing gym so they can go ahead and participate, come see you. Of course. It's called Sanctum Forge Boxing Gym. Okay. Um, the name derives of uh, Sanctum is a place of peace, which is where a fighter needs to be within his mind to be able to fight. And uh, Forge was the ovens that the Spartans trade their swords in. So it's a, it's, it's a place of um, balance where warriors are created. Wow, that's awesome. So how is it going to be different from your gym than other people's gym, you know, as far as training and dealing with, you know, yourself every day? Um, there's so many aspects to creating a, a, a fighter, and it's more than just getting in the gym and training the body. You know, you've got to be able to train your mind, the mind drives the body. So if the mind is not balanced, um, even with, within perception, with, even within the way that people um, – the world, the way they experience their, their world, yeah. um, it's going to have an effect on the body. So um, there's there's lots of different aspects of training that we work with. You know, we we, we help um, the young fighters manage their, their thinking and um, create uh, powerful uh, minds to then be able to drive the body powerfully as well. Yeah, that's amazing because a lot of people, a lot of boxers, they don't they underestimate the mental aspect that goes into boxing. Can you share a little bit about that from your experience about the mental grind of boxing, being a boxer? 100%. Um, one of the greatest experiences um, just recently that the world has witnessed is um, George Cambosis Jr. You know, he was in yeah. camp training consistently with flights skipping over, dates skipping over, um, you know, uh, platforms skipping over. You know, the fight went from, um, you know, a few, it shifted from a few different platforms. Um, the day kept changing. I've been in that position before where you're training at an elite level and the, the day keeps shifting back and keeps moving back and fighters get injured and, and all the rest of it. So to be able to manage that, to be able to come through in the way that he did and come through um, even more devastating than what he was, the longer that he was in camp, the better he was getting. The longer he was in camp, the more um, in, in, the more devastating his mindset was becoming. So that is a testament to um, what uh, George Cambosis Jr. is about and the team that he has around him. And that's very much uh, the case with, with Australian boxing in general. You know, we, we know how to endure over here. You know, we, we know how to stay balanced within what we're doing. And we know how to produce warriors that can actually, um, you know, produce the, the outcome that we're wanting to produce. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up, George, because that's one huge fight that I we felt here in the States that his opponent kind of took him for granted and didn't really take the fight seriously. What were your thoughts on Teofimo's, you know, coming mindset coming into this fight? It's interesting, you know, there's so many times... I up the ranks, he has a massive win, like uh, beating Roma, yeah. you know, and the thing is this, right, if you are not the equivalent of what you are creating in your life, it will end up destroying you, and and that's exactly what happened, you know, he was not the equivalent of what he had attained, and it shows, because 
you know, uh, the, the greatest thing that uh, the Tiafimo Lopez could do is, is to uh, get a new trainer. Yeah. You know, uh, because when you've got a trainer in your camp, and albeit your father, I know he loves his dad and all the rest of it, but there's a level of professionalism that needs to come into that sort of a camp. You know, when you're a unified champion and your your coach is creating drama, that's pulling you away from your center. That's pulling you away from where you need to be within your mind to be able to then do what you need to do. So he's got a prolonged camp where you've got all these different variables um, within that camp, i.e. changes uh, of networks, changes of of date, changes of, of, you know, illness and and this kind of thing. It takes a really balanced boxer to be able to um, uh, stay the course and stay focused on what he needs to do. When you've got a father who's just carrying on with all the rara and all the drama and everything off, uh, 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 you know, on top of what it is that you're already battling, the challenges that you're already battling, uh, battling that, that's, that's so hard to be able to then get in there and, and stay focused. So when you talk about Tiafimo not being focused, man, that, had, that kid had his work cut out for him. He was really pushing the proverbial uphill because... You know, it was hard enough as it was with the challenges that both those guys had ahead of them, let alone having your father who's carrying on with all the drama as well. I, I just think that um, his team was to, um, was detrimental to uh, to his performance or his lack of performance in, in that instance. So that that's you felt like it was his downfall, was his team more than himself doing what he needed to do? Oh. Yes and no, you know, like a fighter has to take 100% responsibility. You're the one getting in there. You're the one who, who um, has to uh, perform. I just think at that level, it's a huge equation. There's so many different variables within that equation that are going to contribute to your success or your lack thereof. And I think um, for, for Tifimo, you know, taking someone lightly is one thing, but, you know, when you're a unified champion, if you're going to take someone lightly, you don't deserve to be a unified champion because, like I said before, you can create something in your world but, and, and still not be the equivalent of what you are creating. And that's yeah. exactly what happened there. So if he's going to become a unified champion and still have focus issues, <laughs> you know what I mean, then, then that's it right there. What I just said, you're not the equivalent of what you've just retained. No, you're absolutely right. And what advice do you have from uh, being a former pro boxer for someone who does have a huge win, like beating Loma? That's that's magnificent in the ring, and then you get this unified championship. What are your thoughts on somebody? How would you tell a boxer to kind of stay within themselves after such success? I think, look, it's a double-edged sword because one edge you're carving out your future, the other age is going to slice your own head off. And what I mean by that is the way your life changes at that point, when you become a unified champion, when you beat someone like, you know, uh, Vasily Lomachenko, the promo that comes with that and, and the way your life changes and the way you're, you're, you're elevated in the sense that you know, you're, you're, the, you're the best thing to slice bread. Everybody wants a piece of you. Everyone wants you to come to the opening of an envelope. Everybody wants you on the next, 
you know, TV show and all that kind of thing. My advice would be, and this is what I would say to one of my charges, if, if or when we would ever get to that point, is when you have that win, give yourself a good, solid month to two months of just settling into the idea of what it is that you have just attained. Settle into the idea of actually being a unified champion. I would not go out there, and this is where it sort of runs contrary, because, yeah, you want to push your profile. And this, this is a business, first and foremost, then it's a sport, okay? So from a business perspective, you need to get out there. You need to be capitalizing on all the opportunities that come to you. I just think that um, one of the greatest things that I teach out in this place is balance. I just think that you need a very mature outlook and approach to those kind of elevations of your life to be able to handle that kind of success. Because like I said, you know, um, once I oversawed your carbonate future and, and great, it's amazing and you deserve it because, you know, you've had that win. But I'll tell you something about, about um, George Cambosis Jr. The team that he has around him are so grounded. They are true professionals at what they do. And no one's going to allow him to get his head in the clouds and get wrapped up in the rah-rah that comes with being a unified champion. Um, George Cambosis Jr. Is, is the epitome of what it means to be a champion because he's a gym rat. As you can see, you were seen in that preparation. And... Um, you know, he will come back to Australia, he'll enjoy Christmas, and he'll be back in the gym, you know. So um, that would be my advice to anyone who gets to that incredible level, you know, within their career, is to, to take the time to absorb uh, where you are at and understand how to keep your feet on the ground too. Yeah, stay centered. Yeah, definitely. You're right about that. That's, and you, you've been around a while. I You know, one of the things that's unique is that you actually worked with Don King. How was that experience of working with Don King as a promoter? It was amazing. Yeah. It was, it was incredible. I got nothing but um, beautiful things to speak of with Don. And you know what? Um, I was talking about this the other day. I probably got, and Don admitted this to me, you know, I probably got Don at the best part of his promotional career, you know, because like he said to me, I'm at a point in my life now, um, and I'm quoting him, I'm at a point in my life now where I'm probably making up for a lot of the, the indiscretions of, my, of my, uh, my, my life so far. You know, and, and the other part of it is this. You can call Don whatever you want to call Don. And not just Don King, but a lot of other boxing promoters and boxing people out there. You call them all sorts of names that you want to call them, right? But anyone who enters into an agreement with any other man has to take full responsibility with the way they approach that agreement and the way they enter into that agreement. And therefore, the crop that is delivered from the seed that is sown within the way that agreement is approached. So um, Don put a, a contract in front of me. I had a look at the contract and said, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but what I see so far in that, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. I'll get on the plane. I'll go back to LA. And um, oh, thank you very much for the ribs that we just ate. That was great, but that's not the sort of contest I'm interested in, in, in signing. 
He said, okay, okay, we'll put that aside and we'll get another contract in and um, I'll leave this one with your manager and, and our lawyers and we're going to go and eat ribs. I was like, great, let's go. <laughs> and that contract, the second contract was amazing. Um, it, and, and it was very much um, one that, that we negotiated and um, we, we, we met in the middle and we found, um, we found balance in the way that we approached that contract. And it was great. And so therefore, in saying that, I only have great things to say about Duncan. Um, he was great. He flew my family first class, you know, whenever I was fighting, you know, from Australia to the United States. That, that cost a lot of money. Um, we, we stayed five star. Um, I had, uh, you know, I, I had camps um, paid for um, that were negotiated and all the rest of it. I got the flying great sparring from all over America. Um, so I've, I've got... I've got nothing but uh, good things to say about the uh, promoters that looked after me during my career. Oh, that's right. That's high praise. That's awesome. You know, and, and to, to piggyback off that, in today's boxing, do you feel as if promoters are needed for t- a, today, a boxer of today? Uh, you know what? I think that, yeah, they are. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Right? I think there's too much in the world of would you get a bricklayer to come and fix your car? <laughs> no. <laughs> then why the hell would you get a boss to try and promote himself? You know? Yeah. And look, I get form your own promotional company. If you get the right people running that promotional company for you, and you can look after your own promotions, do your own negotiations, work with the networks, all that kind of thing. Great. Amazing. You know? And on top of that, I'll tell you this, right? Fighting's hard enough as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yet, if you're going to be considering what kind of money you're making on your day, or whether or not you've negotiated right Come to me all the time and say, Paul, what are you getting into promoting? You got a great name in Australia. Um, you're a man of integrity. Blah blah blah. And I say, I'm, at this point in my life, I'm not interested in that. I'm a boxing coach. I love being in the gym. I love growing fighters. I love growing warriors. I love growing incredible men in the world. Um, so I stick to what I'm good at. You know, if I'm a if I'm a bricklayer, I'm not going to go and try and fix stuff. To stay in your lane, as they would say. Yeah. I stay in my lane. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a little awesome advice. And I want to become the best at what I at, at staying in my lane. You know. Um. Yeah. I, I just think you know one of the greatest things, and I learned so much from Don from working with Don King. You know, and he said to me, "Listen, <clears throat> what's eighty percent of nothing when I'm going to give you?" 25% of a massive pie. And I said, I, I get that. I understand that, you know. And so from 25%, you can, you can work your way up, you know. But the problem is too many bosses and they create their own promotional company. And you're doing, because when you promote, create your own promotional company, you're now dealing with TV networks. Right. Okay. Right. Do you have the ability and the experience within negotiating to do deals with TV networks? Or do you have the ability to get the right people on board who have the ability to do deals with TV networks? 
You know what I'm saying? And, right. and have you developed those relationships in your life? The, the thing is this. Most boxes, where do most boxes come from? Oh, you know, place like yourself, your gym, all over, you know? The street. The street, yep. Right? Most boxes, and I'm, I'm not generalizing, but most, right? The majority of boxes and, 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 and boxing in general was the lower socioeconomic aspect of life where, because that's where the fight comes. That's where the, the want to overcome your position in life. That's where you want to elevate your status. That's where you want to give your family everything that they have never experienced before comes from, okay? So I've got fighters in my gym, and it's interesting because, you know, my partner pointed out, we have a very, very high-end um, clientele within our gym. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I get that, you know, and a lot of, so therefore a lot of the kids that I have in here, you know, they're, they're, a lot of them go to private schools and that kind of thing, you know, and I'm sort of looking at it just going, I love them all, and they all do amazing, and they all have great work ethic, right? This journey, other thing where you talk about kids who come from the, the higher end of town, most of them do have great work ethic, okay? Because the other thing is, when I'm working with kids who come from, and I'm like, oh, I've got two kids who train side by side, and they, they're amazing, and they have the most incredible um, connection. One's from one end of town, one's from the other end of town, and yet, they're, they're learning so much and teaching them how to learn so much from each other's experience. Yeah. So when you get a kid who comes from the higher end of town, they do have a good work ethic, but they lack the hunger. Yeah. When you get a kid from the lower end of town, they lack the work ethic because they've never been taught it. They've never been taught giving the right example, but they have the hunger. Yeah. Okay. So, when you when you when you can uh, be in a gym and say like myself, where you you've got kids from, from all over, and you have someone like myself who can sit down and go, you know, you, you two, and these two kids never spoke to each other in the gym. They spar each other and they train side by side, but they wouldn't say a word. Why? Because they didn't understand each other. And one day I said to them, go and sit on a chair over there and get to know each other. I want you to come back and tell me five things you know about each other that you didn't know before. And they went and they sat there, and by the end of the session, I kind of forgot about it. By the end of the session, they're sitting there, wide eyed, they're looking at each other. They're going, wow, wow. I said, oh, yeah, come back over here. And they come running over, and I said, what do you know? And they're like, he's exactly like me. Like, of course he is. Of course he is. So they make connections, you know, and in that, they can grow their experience of training, you know. So, um, what do we do here that, that, that um, maybe a lot of other gyms don't do is we touch on more of the internal experience of what it means to be a warrior, more than just the external experience of, of grinding in the gym. Absolutely. And and I'm glad you, you're on our show at the Allen and Aaron Sports, a greater show, because one thing that I wanted you to kind of clear up, it's, it, this year was, a, was the 10-year anniversary of the, the Danny Green fight. I wanted you to kind of clear the ear. <laughs> it's a 10-year anniversary this year. Was, so it's like I kind of wanted you to have the platform to kind of clear the ear or say your side because that was one thing that just kept popping up. And I think you are a warrior, and people should hear from you yourself about that situation with Danny Green. Okay, so there's a lot of things that, that the public aren't aware of that happened after the fight. 
Um, there was an investigation that went into that fight because there was a mad um, betting push at the last minute that went. There was a lot of people betting me to get knocked out in the first round, betting on me to get knocked out in the first round. So when investigators looked into it and they went, hang on a second, at the last minute, there's a huge influx of people betting on Briggs to go down in the first round, and that's what happened. And I'll tell you why that happened. The last firing session that I had, like I was cooked, right? I take full responsibility for that performance. I shouldn't have been in there. Now, when people turn around and, and want to point the, the finger at me and say, you're a con man because you, you took the fight and you knew you weren't right and you shouldn't have got in there. I'm a fucking warrior. You cut my arms off, I'm going to kick you. You cut my legs off, I'm going to bite you. You cut my head off, I'm going to, I'm, parts of my body are going to come at you still. That's what it means to be a warrior. So you come at me and say, when all I've known since, <clears throat> you know, I turned professional when I was 15 years old. All I've known, and one of the hardest transitions I've had, ever had to do when I retired from fighting is becoming a gym owner, running a business, earning a living, working 16-hour days. I've never worked in my life. I've been a professional athlete. So all I've known how to do is, is fight. So when a doctor comes at me, this is what the investigation was about. The reason why the, uh, the Western Australian Boxing Commission uh, did an, an investigation was to cover their ass because the doctor that did the final examination on me, I had an associate of mine in the room, there was me and there was the doctor, there was only three. And this is why I ended up winning in court on the appeal, was because when the doctor did the final examination on me, he said, man, you are cooked. You have some fairly uh, extensive neurological issues going on. I looked at him and I said, man, I'm a fighter, I fight. You're the doctor. You make the decision. I'll fight. You tell me to fight, I'll get in there and I'll, I'll run in and I'll give, give, it, give it my all. Because that's all I know how to do. You're the doctor. And he looked at it and he sat there for one minute. He just stood there and looked me at us. And that one minute felt like eternity. And he said, all right, I'm going to sign off on this. Now, the reason why that happened is the reason why I won in the appeal. Because in the high court, they had a look at it and the judges just said, this is an absolute... And I'll tell you what the fast is. The fast is the fact that this young man is even in this courtroom right now. Because the Western Australian Boxing Commission is responsible now. I want to take responsibility over and above that, right? Because the thing is this. If my ego was in check, when Danny Green rang me, and I was at, uh, in a theme park with my kids, and he rang me and he said, man, let's get it on. And I was like, fuck you. I gave you three opportunities when I was at my prime and you turned everyone down. And now you ring me when I'm cooked and say, man, I, knowing that I'm in financial, um, you know, the distress, I was, I was bankrupt basically then my career due to a manager, typical boxing story which I won't get into he said I'm going to give you an opportunity you know, I'm going to give you a leg up and I was like man you know I'm cooked, you come at me now but you know what, let's go so from that perspective yes I'm a warrior because I'll still have a crash was I, was I able well history will prove no I wasn't 
history will also prove that it was one of the greatest uh, events of my life because it completely, 100%, unequivocally changed the man that I am today and uh, enabled me to be able to do the work that I do with young men in this gym now, you know, made, made me the leader that I am because it helped me to integrate my ego, it helped me to understand how I overreach in life and it helped me to understand a lot of life lessons that, that um, you know, you just don't get the opportunity to address within yourself and, um, you know, it was, it was massive for me. I didn't, I don't think I left my house for like maybe six months or something. I was, um, I was suicidal, you know, I was like, fuck this. All I've had for me is pain, so what's the point? You know, and then um, I made, met an incredible mentor that has um, been a mentor to me for the last 10 years. And um, and he's the reason why I have my gym, he's the reason why I'm alive, he's the reason why I do what I do, and um, he's the reason why I can sit and do this kind of interview with with absolute sincerity and, and pride in the man that I am and the warrior that I have been. Well, that's, that's amazing that you met somebody who can help you and guide you. It sounded like you was having some really tough times at that point. Do you care to mention their name now so we know who you're referring to? Oh, the, the gentleman who mentored? Yes. He's a, he's a magister of, a, of a esoteric, uh, an ancient esoteric tradition, and he is known as um, their uh, uh, magister there, their Russell. Okay. Name, so. I want to give him his credit. Yeah, definitely for helping you. And, uh, you know, the only other question I had on that was it, it did appear that you were in a lot of pain with that, that blow. What, explain the pain that you were feeling at that moment during that fight, Danny Green. I actually don't remember being in there. I, it's funny. I spoke to oh, oh. one of the commentators um, at a photo shoot uh, about a month ago. It's the first time we ran into each other since that night. And, um, he said to me, I, I said, I remember talking to you in, in my room. And he said, man, I, I was in your room with your coach all night. I was like, what? I said, no, you just called in. He said, no, brother. He said, we put you to bed after they released you from hospital. Um, and you had a um, really bad concussion. And, and um, yeah, he said, I was, I was in the lounge room all night long. And he said, and, and we checked on you throughout the night, you know, because he said to check on you. To make sure that you know nothing, you know, like you didn't drop into a coma or any any, any rubs like that. Just you know, anything can happen. And um, I, I was mind blown. I was like, man, I have no idea of that. I have, I have no memory of how I got from Australia back to Queensland, which is like going from LA to New York. Um, yeah, there's um, there's another fighter in this country, Anthony Mundine, and um, his manager, Cody Nasser, who I will never um i'll never forget his um generosity his kindness and his love that he showed towards me you know um after that fight when i got back to sydney i flew from perth back to sydney and then from sydney back to um, the gold coast and you know he he came and got me from the airport and um and said man anything you need you call me and um i will forever I've, i haven't seen him in a long time but you know, if I saw him again, I'd, I'd hug him and kiss him because he's, he's a beautiful man, you know, and he checked on me, you know, he called me a month or two later and, and checked on me, you know, and, and this is why I love boxing. Everyone goes on, 
you know, or many people go on about about the, the, the shit side of boxing, you know, and about um, the, the people in boxing and all the rest of it. And, and I 100% disagree. Boxing is full of beautiful people who care about each other, who um, you make, you know, at one point, Anthony Mundine and I was chasing him, you know, and I was calling him out and all the rest of it. And, and I had heated discussions with Cody Massa at different times, you know, different venues. And, um, yeah, when the, when the chips were down, that man just stepped up and he was there and he was beautiful to me, you know, I get emotional talking about it, but he was beautiful to me. He, he didn't have to do the things that he did. For, for what reason? There was absolutely no reason why he needed to help me and he did. So that, that's why I love boxing. That's why boxing is incredible because there are beautiful people in boxing, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's something that a lot of people don't talk about that you do meet people that are, you know, godsend that just come out and help you out and like you said when the chips were down because it seemed like everybody was trying to put you down at that point it was seemed like it was tough being paul briggs at that moment in time it was hard it was hard you know i, I was rated by ring magazine in 2000 and um 2009 i think as being in in um the ninth and tenth best light heavyweight title fights of all time with thomas adame you know, and, and to be renowned for, for my hardness and all the rest of it, no, I was a bit of a, 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 a uh, man with no with no development as a young man, and so therefore I thought I was a bit of a hard end and all the rest of it. But I pride myself on my toughness, you know, on the street and in the ring. And um, so, um, and that was a, those, both those fights were a testament to um, my, my, um, my psychological fortitude. So to, to go down with a punch that, that was questioned whether it even hit me was, was so perfect. And I'll tell you why it was so perfect, because for my ego to deal with that was absolutely incredible. You know, and I have people, people and, and this is human nature, people have got online and said, I hope you die of AIDS, you know, because, you know, because you, you dogged it and, and I, I, you know, didn't get the fight I was, I was paid $40 for for a pay-per-view. You know, and did that affect me? Maybe at the time it did, but now I look back and just say, that's human nature. And, and I'll tell you why, because those people only see there on that screen what lives in them, you know, and, and it really had nothing to do with me. It was, it was all about what those people were seeing within themselves, you know, whether that's why I showed up for them to have a look at within themselves. So, um, you know, that fight, the fight with Danny Green, this will be the last that I touch on it. Um, that fight with him, um, I have no opinion on him as a man. I'm not interested in commenting on him as a man. I know him very, very well. Um, but that fight was um, was perfect and exactly what I needed at that point in my life. And what other people think of it is not my business. No, you're right. You're on to bigger and better things. You got a great gym, and and if if somebody does want to go ahead and sign up. Is there availability for someone, or is there a prerequisite that they have to get through? I understand. If people, if people want to be um, a fighter here, definitely the easy process. And, um, and and I'll explain what I mean by that because most of the time for for coaches, a lot of the time for coaches um, is spent managing personalities, you know. And um, I spoke to a, an amazing agent. Um, many years ago and um by the name mike altamira and he said to me you know i i um i look for kids family structures 
that is going to show me the kind of um, principles that they would sort of be considering and living from within their life because you know what that's going to say to me on the back end in their career and I said what's that and he said a hell of a lot of money because you know when I'm finding fighters for different promoters I want to be bringing them assets I don't want to be bringing them liabilities you know and yeah. and so that, that's exactly what this is about for me. So there's an interview process for someone wants to come here and become a fighter of mine. And, and, and it's more than just me looking to see whether or not they're a lunatic. I've got no problems dealing with lunatics. What I look for within that, within that um, interview process is whether or not they're teachable, you know, whether or not they're coachable. If they're coachable, then it doesn't matter where they're at because I can get them to where they need to be. All I need to know is that they're actually coachable. So that's what that is about. And, um, yeah, you know, we've got a website, thankthemforgeboxing.com.au, that um, people can get on and, and all the information is online. Yeah, definitely. They should reach out to your website and link up. And one huge fan that I do know is one who made this interview possible, Glenn Earnshaw. And he told me to tell you that he wants a signed photograph of from you if he can. <laughs> Glenn wants his title, and he wants two, one for him, one for me. He's going to send it to you from Australia. So he wanted to make sure you make good on that. Yeah, no problem. No, we can do that. Okay, that's awesome. It would be a pleasure. And an honor. Yeah, that's great that you still have fans. And and uh, what are some of your goals now in life outside of maybe the boxing gym that you want to achieve at this point? I've achieved one of the greatest um, goals that I ever had in my life, and that's just to find peace. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, many people go their whole life and they never find that. You know, I've got a lot of joy in my life and a lot of love in my life. A beautiful wife. Um, I've got a great gym. Um, I've achieved a lot of what I wanted to do. Um, the 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 next goal for myself would be to take a young man, you know, to a world title fight. Take a young man to um that that because i've been to the top i know what it takes to get there because i didn't bring the belts home um that's i feel like there's unfinished business there so i'd love to be able to you know change the young man's life in in, in exactly in the same way kifimo has uh inspired all of us uh sorry not kifimo uh, uh george Lopez. um george Cambosis. Yeah, george Cambosis. Yep. Cambosis. Um, you know, like I shed a tear when he won. You know, I, was, I was jumping up and down. I couldn't believe it. You know, my people that were watching the fight at my gym was looking at me going, man, why are you crying? I'm like, I'm crying. Because I, know, <laughs> I know exactly. I was like, I know how this guy's life has changed now. Um, you know, and, and the way um, Kimbos has conducted himself as well was, was incredible. So he's a testament to what we produce here in Australia, an incredible uh, role model for Australian boxing. Absolutely. And he's already, you know, he's, he's like you, he's a warrior. He's already calling out his next, uh, next, you know, fight already. So he's, he's not being complacent, getting the belts and just sitting on them, which is amazing too. So yeah. that warrior That's mentality. Same, man. That's <laughs> so, yeah, that warrior mentality, but it's called, you know, Santa Forge Boxing. That's Paul Briggs. Yeah. Make sure you reach out and sign up. And definitely, we wish you the best in your, your peaceful life. And we look forward to seeing you again on the Island and Aaron's What's Up Radio Show. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate your time. I right, appreciate your time, too. God bless. Take care of yourself. Cheers. Cheers. All right. 
All right, folks. It's good things come to those who wait. So we did go ahead and have the interview there. You heard it with Paul Hurricane Briggs from Australia, and he shared a, he, he shared a lot. And, you know, I, I feel honored that he did because, you know, sometimes when you, you have a show, you, you're on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk radio show, you we have to ask some questions that people want to know their answers to. And I'm glad that we gave them the platform to clear things up 10 years later about what some people have called the one-punch big fight. And it was a lot of criticism with Danny Green. Said he wasn't going to talk about it anymore after today, and I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did, and it was an amazing interview. So we're going to put the link where you'll see it, the Zoom interview on the Alan Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, and it, we're going to post it up today. It's it's converting to the video right now as I'm speaking, so expect it to be up there in about 30 minutes. You know, it's you know once we post it up. You'll be able to see it on our YouTube underneath Alan Alford, Alan, A-L-A-N, last name A-L-F-O-R-D. We will post it up so you'll definitely see it. It is a well-worth interview. If you haven't seen it already or heard this interview, definitely check it out. And we will be on the show tomorrow during our regular scheduled time, 9.30 p.m., which is now in the Eastern Standard Time Zone, tomorrow. And the call-in number again is 516-418-5572, 516-418-5572. And it is going to be a great show. Looking forward to it. Thank you for joining us on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Thank you for listening to the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.